Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast that discusses faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with podcast host and financial coach, Michael Lacey. Now, the great thing about Michael's story is that when he got married and went on his honeymoon to the Florida Keys with his wife, Taylor... He realized right then and there, they were $61,000 in consumer debt, not even college loans, just consumer debt. And it put him into a panic. Uh, It got to the point where he was thinking about what aspects of the honeymoon do they need to cancel because they're broke. Now, 16 months later, he and his wife had worked out their values, their goals, and they paid off that $61,000 in debt. Today, they live off just 40% of their income, and they're able to invest 60% of that, and they're teaching other couples how they could do the same thing. They basically live off a teacher's salary and invest the rest. How cool is that? Now, we're sharing this story with you because we think you could do something similar and find financial freedom and stability in your own family. So sit back and relax unless you're driving, throwing a baseball through somebody's window, running from a scary dog. In that case, uh, you should probably not throw anything through anybody's windows. But the other things, we want you to concentrate and stay focused. But you can also probably listen to us while you run from that scary dog. That's your choice. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back um, to your own show, I guess. Uh, what are you up to? <laughs> I've been taking a nap. I'm trying to learn Pilates. So, you know. Pilates? Got that going for me. <laughs> you don't look like doing Pilates. <laughs> but now no, we're going like, to do that. Uh, I got to type it in so the spell check will pop up because otherwise I'm sure I'd <laughs> Pilates. Oh, I may man. not even be saying it right. I don't know. It's going to be the, the Pilates uh, Brandon challenge or something. It's yeah. us Anybody showcasing. that's ever done Pilates knows I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'm probably not capable of doing it either. I don't know. All right. Well, before our guest hangs up on us, <laughs> we got Michael calling in from Houston, Texas. And uh, how are you doing, Michael? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Thank you guys for having awesome, me. Awesome. Awesome. And we connected through um, a podcasting group. I'm not sure if it was Podcast Movement or the Christian Podcasters Association, but it's one of those two. Most likely the Podcast Movement one. Yeah, I think it was Podcast Movement. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, so when you shared your story, cause I was, uh, I'd mentioned I was looking for guests who had gone through a rut and are helping people get out of a rut. And then you shared your story and it was like very specific. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of cool. He has no idea that we just booked an interview with a guy to talk about finances as couples getting through COVID and coronavirus uh, pandemic. And then here's somebody who's got a story that fits that. And then you, you shared that you had even more, uh, develop over that time. And, and so I'm glad you're able to make some time to be with us today. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to be here. Glad to share. Uh, glad to talk to you guys. This has been fun so far, so I'm very much looking forward to talking. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we we try to make it light 
and, and serious at the same time. I don't know how we pull up the serious <laughs> part, but yeah, you know, Every God once while something serious comes out. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you'd mentioned to me when you introduced yourself that you and your wife had actually overcome a big uh, financial hurdle, and that was to pay off sixty one thousand dollars in debt. Um, you probably weren't on the same page financially. Um, kind of walk us through that experience and and uh, how you managed to survive that because a lot of marriages they still struggle. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, we were lucky enough to find out we had $61,000 worth of debt on our honeymoon. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your present. Open the envelope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like surprise, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, we had never really talked about money during our dating years. I mean, it was just it was always there. Like we knew about what each other made. We knew what the bills were. We knew kind of the basics, but we'd never talked about our money strategy and how that would impact our future together. And so it wasn't until we got on our honeymoon that I realized that, hey, we're merging our finances, but we don't have anything to merge. It's just debt. Like, <laughs> Wait, I thought you were independently wealthy. Uh, yeah. You know, like I've got a car payment. You've got a car payment. I got credit cards. You've got credit cards. And that's what we're bringing into this thing. And And so from there, I just got this like overwhelming sense of anxiety because we didn't have anything. And here we were in the Florida Keys on this oceanfront property and we're spending all this money. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is an awful idea now. Um, and so then we had our first money conversation on our honeymoon. And, and like I said, that's where we <laughs> discovered we had the debt. And yeah, she wasn't on board with it. She didn't like she didn't <laughs> like the plan that I came up with. Um, but eventually we were able to, to kind of talk through some of the differences in, in philosophy and strategy that we had. And we were able to pay off the $61,000 in 16 months. Oh, wow. awesome. That is really awesome. Now, how much longer after the honeymoon did you actually pay it all off? Yeah, that was, so that was 16 months. So it, well, actually it was probably about 17 months after the honeymoon because it took about a month <laughs> to get her on board and to, yeah. to, you know, get a plan and all that stuff. And so from that point, once we've officially started, it was 16 months. That's awesome. I can imagine her thinking, okay, you know what a really good topic to bring up on your honeymoon is how much debt we have and how we're <laughs> going to pay it off. And especially when you're in the Florida Keys going, we're digging this hole deeper as we speak and we're going to try to get out of debt. Yeah, it was, you know, it was really interesting because so like once we had that conversation, it basically started on a snorkeling trip and it gets rained out and the guy's like, you can either get a refund or you can reschedule for later in the trip. And I was like, refund me. Uh, let's, let's just let's cancel that one. Yeah. And she was livid. Like that was one of the reasons we went there. And so that's really kind of where it blew up. And then from that point, you know, once we had the conversation, she was just like, all right, you know, I see where you're coming from. Let's do something about it. But the plan that I came up with, the budget was unrealistic. The debt payoff strategy, it didn't make sense. I was trying to do this thing in like 10 months. And, (laughs) you know, and and I was like, you know, you're never getting your hair done or your nails done again. Mm -hmm. We're never going out to dinner. We're never traveling until this is done. And she was just like, I'm not giving all that up. Yeah. Thank goodness you married a strong woman that was like, no, we're not paying this debt off in six months or 10 months. We're going to spread it out a little bit. And I love your concept, though, is not necessarily just live in a box and eat rice and beans every day. You know, you've got to put it within reason of how it works together. But you had to be on the same page because if you're working against 
against each other, it's never going to happen. Yeah, and you know that's what I tell people when I'm when I'm coaching. Like a lot of a lot of my clients are women, and they're like, "My husband, he just doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do this." And I'm like, "Look, for me, when I think back on my journey." My marriage was the most important thing. It was way more important than becoming debt-free or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I would rather meet her 60% of where I am and let's just work from there than try to drag her and cause all this friction in my marriage to get her at 100% just to pay off debt a little faster. Um, It it just wasn't worth it to me. And so that was really what happened that got her on board is I started to realize, you know what? Let's just, let's keep our marriage intact, right? Let's not, <laughs> let's not ruin that thing, you know, yeah. but, um, at the same time, let's, let's figure out a plan. Let's figure out a budget. Let's figure out a strategy that actually works for both of us and keeps both of us happy at the same time. So there's not a one size fits all. Right. No, I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, everybody, we all have different goals. We have different ambitions. I mean, my wife's a spender. So for me, it, for me, it wasn't a big deal to cut back on spending certain things because once yeah. I felt the weight of the debt and once I realized we could, if we didn't have these debt payments, we could do even more. Mm-hmm. I was on board. <laughs> uh, but for her, she's a natural spender. So it was, it was a little more friction, you know, from her mm-hmm. um, because it, it was going against her natural state. So we had to kind of build some of those things in the budget where maybe instead of never going out to eat, we go out once a week. Uh, or, you know, instead of never getting your hair done, you go just once a month instead of every week, you know, like those little things where we're scaling back and not just completely eliminating. Um, and it, it made the journey that much better for us. I like that. Cause it's kind of like a diet, you know, you can't say I'm never, ever eating a sweet. It's like, just make sure your sweets are rare and, and, and everything else that you eat is pretty good. Save a little bit of money. One thing I like about about your uh, website is you talk about make more money before you talk about save more money or pay off debt. That's kind of the first thing is figure out a way that you can bring more in rather than just pay off the debt. Yeah, that's been a really important part of our journey um, because we got to a point where we had transitioned from paying off debt. We've been debt free for two years and then we found this fire movement thing and that was exciting because our daughter had just been born and I was like, I'd love for both of us to stay home with our kid and raise her and homeschool her and all those things. And so that became important. And I realized that like, I didn't want to go back to the way we were living while we were paying off debt for 10 years in order to reach fire. Right. And the only other alternative was to make more money. And so for my wife, she went back to school. She got a master's degree. She got a principal certification. She's, she's in education. Um, and for me, I, I was in sales. So I just completely focused on you know, growing my skills, being the best that I could be in my field. And I doubled my salary. Um, and so, you know, that's, that really helped us live on, I think like 40% of our income back when I was working. Uh, and so we were able to invest 60% of our household income. Wow. What surprised you the most about living financially free like that? Um, I think, <laughs> if I could be honest, how boring it is. Like, <laughs> I like truthfully. That. I mean, you know, you have all these ideas of like what it's going to feel like as you're watching your net worth grow and all these things. But for us, we set everything up on autopilot. So mm-hmm. my 401k contributions came directly out of my paycheck. My Roth IRA that came directly from my bank account. I never did anything. So I never, mm-hmm. I rarely checked the accounts. Maybe once a month I would check everything. Um, and so everything was pretty much on autopilot. So it was super boring, but it was also the most effective way for us to do it because we never saw that money. We never had a chance to spend it or anything. It was already 
already invested before it ever hit our bank account. It's a great, there's a great book called The Automatic Millionaire that talks a lot about that. Set it all up. So before it gets to you, because you can't be trusted with it, <laughs> put it where you already decided you wanted it to go. Yeah, we proved we couldn't be trusted with it. We had $61,000. <laughs> and this was the thing. We had $61,000 worth of debt and we didn't have student loans. It was just oh. cars and credit cards. So it was yeah. just spending. Yeah. Right. So we knew like we, if it comes to us, it's gone. So yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing for us. Sometimes that's the key is to recognize your own weakness. And it's like, I can't be trusted here. So I'm going to put in some barriers to make sure I got to go through some hoops to get to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer in having systems in place uh, that keep you from you, really. I mean, that's that's been the key to our success so far. What were some of the things you did to um, get away from using credit uh, once you got that debt paid off? So for us, I mean, the first thing, I think the most important thing actually was we just started saving money. We start, we saved an emergency fund, uh, six months of our expenses set aside that kept us from, you know, using a credit card when stuff would pop up. Uh, we also started doing what's called sinking funds. So, you know, I mean, we all know that your car is going to break down at some point, or you're going to have to replace your old car. Something's going to go wrong in your house. So we just started putting money aside for those things, just little incremental amounts at a time. So when those things pop up, we had the money for it. And that kept us away from credit cards for a while. Um, but eventually we did go back to credit cards because we started doing the travel hacking thing. And again, that for us was about building systems to, again, keep ourselves out of the picture. Right. So talk a little bit about, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the travel hacking, not necessarily travel as much as how you set those systems up to make sure you could utilize it, benefit from it, but it wouldn't sink you. Yeah. So with that, I mean, I think the key, again, like you said, is really knowing your weaknesses. So for us, you know, we would look at it and say, okay, if we spend $3,000 over the next three months, then we're going to get 80,000 miles, which is two flights for us to go anywhere we want. Um, so what we would do is we'd get the card and we'd put just a, a couple bills on it and then we'd set it for auto pay. Um, and that's really how we did it. So it was kind of the same thing with our investments. Uh, the money comes in, it pays the bill on the credit card automatically. And then every month that payment comes right out. And, and again, we're never responsible for making the payment. Uh, we never have the card really in our possession. Um, and so it keeps us, you know, again, out of that process. That's a good system. I like that you've set it up. You're both on board. You both have a goal in mind. So it's not you saying you can't do this or her saying I want to do this. It, it's this, These are our goals. So let's agree ahead of time on the steps. Then we don't have an argument about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and that, like you said, that's one of the most important things. The, well, actually, the first thing for us is, was getting clear on our values, mm -hmm. uh, what we valued as a couple, what we valued individually. And then based on those values, we created goals. Um, and then we set our finances up to be in line with those goals. So, you know, our goal was never to have the biggest house on the block. And so when it came time to buy a house, we just used my wife's income and they approved us for like 400 grand. And I was like, what are you thinking? She's a teacher. She can't afford that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we knew what our goals were. We knew what our values were. And so when that came back to us, we were like, no, we're just, we're not even going to look at that. We're going to look at 200 and less. That's where we're yeah. staying so that we can continue to live solely off your income. Uh, and so again, being clear on your values, being clear on your goals helps you make get those few big decisions right. Because the big decision to buy less house than we got approved for, that was huge 
and us being able to invest so much of our money. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Now, I just want to take this quick moment to share with you a resource that we developed here at Beyond the Rut, and it's a tool called Measure It to Make It. You probably heard Michael talk about goals. If you listened to last week's episode, Dan Hines also talked about goals. Now, if you want to achieve something, you need to have it written down. You need to know it in words, what is it specifically you're trying to achieve? What does it look like? How do you measure that success? So if you want to make it, you need to measure it. This tool, Measure It to Make It, is a goal-setting tool that will help you not just identify that next goal, but really, what is your main goal in life? When you have finished your time here on Earth, what is it you want to have accomplished? What is the legacy you want to lead or leave for your family, for your community, and so on? And this tool will take you through those five Fs of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. So go ahead and download it for free. Go to beyondtherut.com slash goals. Click on the link that says download this free tool. It'll ask you for your name, your email address, and you've got a couple of options. You can sign up to receive our email newsletter, which we don't write on a regular basis. We'll just send it out there with some summaries here and there, or some encouragement for you. But you can also just check the other box, which is to download the tool for free. Utilize it, reach out to us and let us know how it's going. So again, that's beyondtherut.com slash goals. The title of that document, that tool is called Measure It to Make It. Now let's go ahead and get back to Michael's story. Here we go. What made you start winning to wealth? What what brought you to the point of saying, okay, now I'm I'm the world's foremost expert on this. I've never made a mistake. I'm going to teach other people. <laughs> oh man, I wish that was the case. I'll tell you, I've never heard Brendan ask a question I, like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Michael's like, I can write a book on just the mistakes. That's yeah. another website. I feel like. I feel like we've made, like if you Google the top 10 money mistakes and just like walk down that list, I feel like we've probably done all of them, like <laughs> financing cars, overdrafting, payday loan, like we've done them all. Um, and so with winning to wealth, it was really the birth of my daughter um, that sparked that for me. Uh, my wife was actually in labor when I came up with the idea. So she's like doing all the work and I'm working on the <laughs> business idea, you know. And so but the goal was to to really document our family's journey to financial independence and in the midst of that, inspire other people to, to start their own journey. And so that's really what the brand is about, inspiring people to save more money, invest, uh, pay off debt, all the money moves that are in alignment with their goals. And so that's where the blog came from. That's where the podcast comes from, where I interview other people and share their stories. It's all in the hope of, you know, showing people different ways, different methods of handling money in hopes that they'll, you know, pick something up and do better themselves. 
It's a little like personal training too. It's like you don't have to be the best athlete, but pick up a couple of tips from the people doing it the way you want to do it because everybody can save more. Everybody can earn more and everybody can spend less. You know, those three things, maybe it's dollars, not hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars, but everybody can do a little bit better. So what do you say to the person that comes to you and says, yeah, but you probably had some sort of advantage that I don't have. And I I can't afford this. And I've got 28 kids or whatever the problem is. They've all got excuses, but this won't work for me. How do you counteract that one? You know, I by sharing my story, I mean, I grew up in extreme poverty, like worrying where my next meal is going to come from poverty. Um, my mom was a single mom with three kids. Mm. So also, when in my early 20s, uh, I made a couple bad career decisions. And that, if, I mean, I, there was a point where I was like couch surfing with friends. Like I didn't even have my own address. Right. And so if I can go through all of that and then find a way to make it even worse by going into $61,000 worth of debt. <laughs> right. And then pull, not only pull myself out of debt, but then become an investor and start teaching other people. Like if I can go through all of that. I just, I, anybody can do it. I mean, it's really right. simple. I mean, and I think, I think people feel like personal finance or even building wealth in general is about being super smart. Um, but for me, wealth is really a function of time, right? The, the longer you make smart decisions, the more wealth you'll build. It's inevitable. If you wow. invest in index funds consistently every month, by the time you're 50, 60, 70, you're going to be wealthy in America. That's mm-hmm. that's just how it's set up. There's no other way around it. So, I mean, if you can just do 50 bucks a month um, to start off with, and as you increase your income, as you pay off debts, as you do all these other things, you gradually increase that, your contributions, instead of increasing your lifestyle, you'll eventually get there. Um, so don't be ashamed to, or, or don't be afraid to start small wherever you are and then gradually build on those wins and those successes. I like that advice because it, the easy way to prove whether that's true or not is look at your own life. Have you made small bad decisions over a long period of time that put you where you are right now. You know, you didn't go out and borrow $61,000. You've spent years probably building up that debt with little bitty bad decisions. Like you said, you didn't have school loans and all that kind of stuff. They were just a series of bad decisions. Mm -hmm. But if we don't eat, you know, go to Starbucks every day, or if we don't skip one thing a week, you can put that 20, 50, hundred dollars away and, and it'll change your whole life. So what if somebody said, well, yeah, but you probably got some kind of big finance degree from a big college and, and you, you were all well-educated. That's how you knew how to do all this stuff. <laughs> you know, my, my education comes from Google university. <laughs> awesome. Nice. I love that. You know, I, I, uh, so back going back to our honeymoon, like I said, we made every financial mistake in the book. We're on our honeymoon when we're figuring this out. So as my wife is taking naps and as she's sleeping, um, during our honeymoon, I'm Googling how to pay off debt. And I come across podcasts. I come across blogs. I come across YouTube videos and all these things with all these different strategies. And so in the remaining three or four days, by the time we got home from our honeymoon, I had a full plan laid out just based off stuff that I found from Google. And granted, that stuff didn't work for us, but I had built that, I had worked out that muscle for, for, you know, those few days. I had all these different angles and different things that we can do. When my wife rejected that, I was like, okay, well, how about we try this? 
Or how about we try that? And so just exposing yourself to that knowledge. Like we're in such a great time right now because everything you want to know can be found with just a twitch of a thumb. Yep. Right. And so there's no excuse to not have knowledge. Like you don't have the excuse of what well, nobody ever taught me anymore. You can teach yourself. You know, right. there's 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 really no excuse for that. That's such great advice for people that want to make those excuses. Well, where I grew up and where I went to school and what I have and all that. It's like you you carry around a computer in your pocket all day. You, you have access to all the knowledge in the world for free. For the most part, you can come up with strategies that work for you. But I think what changed for you that has to change in people is you just finally decided, I don't want to be like that. I'm not going to be married with $60,000 worth of debt, I'm going to be different. And even though you were raised very much different than you're raising your daughter, you decided you didn't want to be like that. And when you decide that, you can make a real difference in your own life, but also the lives of many other people. Absolutely. You're, you're 100% right. That That is the first step is, you know, whether it's anything, whether it's debt or investing, whatever, the first step is deciding like, this isn't good enough for me. I'm better than this. I want more than this. I want better for myself. I want better for my daughter. Um, I want to be able to provide my wife with the things that she says that she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take care of my family, you know, all those other things. And so that to me was really, yeah, that, that's, you're absolutely right. That was the beginning of it all. And you talked a little bit about homeschooling your daughter, but really this education for her is going to be, you know, life changing because A, she's not going to marry somebody who has a bunch of debt (laughs) and she's probably going to be financially independent (laughs) a lot earlier than you were because she's going to be like, yeah, I don't live that way. I'm not that person. So keep moving down the road if you want to be married with debt because that's not me, especially when dad gets involved and said, yeah, you're not marrying this boy. Just he's got debt. No, we don't, we don't talk to people like that. You got to be independent here. And so, you know, and that's funny you say that because my daughter's two years old and we've already started having money conversations. Now, granted, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't understand saving. She doesn't understand spending. But the one thing that I realized that my daughter loves, my daughter loves earning money. Like if I tell her, hey, let's pick up sticks in the back yard. She'll pick up sticks and I can pay her a dollar and she just lights up at the idea of earning money and putting it in her piggy bank. So that's been the one thing that I've wanted to teach her so far is money comes from adding value, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the one principle that we're working on. Now, as she gets to be four, five, and six, and she starts to express interest in toys, then we can crack open that piggy bank and start earmarking things and start showing her how to budget and start doing those things. But for now, the principle, even at two years old, is just, hey, you want to earn money? You like this feeling? Just keep creating value. Grab, you know, these little trash cans that are around the house, grab those and dump them in the big one. You know, yeah. just little things that she can do that are on her level uh, that I can use to, to teach her different things about money. That's really good because you're not giving her money. She's earning it. So right. it's a completely different transaction. She's not spending your money. She's not taking money from mom and dad. She earned it. And then she'll she'll get real stingy with it as she gets older. She's like, I'm not buying that toy for 50 bucks. It's not worth it to me. I, I'd rather keep the money. <laughs> it's funny you say that because the other day I tested her. I said, hey, babe, let's go get some ice cream. And she's like, okay, daddy. I said, all right, go. we got to get the money out of your piggy bank. And she said, no, daddy. No, you. 
So, so she's already understanding that like that there's value inside of my piggy bank and I don't want to just waste it on something. Mm. And so, I mean, to, to see that, like I said, it was just a test. I just wanted to see what she would say, but to see that she naturally understood that was just like, wow for me. I mean, it's like, Hey, we're doing something right. We figured something out. You got to plant those seeds. That's awesome. So what's next for you? What do you, what do you hope to uh, accomplish next with financial independence with your family, but also with the uh, website and the pod podcast? Yeah. So in terms of the podcast and the business, uh, we were actually nominated for a Plutus award for best new personal finance podcast this year. So that's exciting. Awesome. Um, and so it's, the goal is just to continue to grow, continue to bring on guests who have amazing money stories and uh, share those stories and inspire other people to, like I said, create their own journeys. Uh, we've got a Facebook group that's got about 15,000 people in it and they are <laughs> active in there every day. I mean, they want, they're asking questions like, Hey, should I pay this debt off? Should I do that? And so it's just, it's just awesome to see that and see people like changing people's legacies. Um, it's one thing I, we were, I was talking to my wife recently is like, I don't know the benefit or anything like that of the work that I'm doing. Like, I, you know, I, I hope that the people that I'm helping are teaching their kids and maybe they'll teach a friend who will teach another friend. And so we didn't just change one legacy. There's five different families that were affected. Right. Um, I'll never see that. But to see what I get to see now up close and personal, it, it just warms my heart. And so that's it's what I love to do is, and it's what I'm going to continue to do is just inspire people to just be better with money. One smart decision at a time. That's such a great way to live because you're, you're just planting seeds. Your job's not to harvest anything, you know, just wander along and make people's lives better. But you're also making people, like you said, legacies better. They're, they're generational curses that you're breaking. And, you know, there's so many people out there. It's like, well, my parents were broke. My grandparents were broke. My great grandparents are broke. Well, why don't you be not broke? Right. <laughs> don't continue that. Tradition. Yeah, because you don't have to. That's right. the thing. You know, like nobody says, hey, your parents live that way. So you there's no law that says that. Right. You know, you're not you're not held down by the standards of, you know, the, of the people before you. And granted, it's hard to break those cycles when you live 20 years. And that's the example that you've seen. But just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. I'm proof of that. Um, there are millions of other people who are proof of that as well. That's what I love about your story is it's not based on a whole bunch of training and, and education and, and luck. It's based on a lot of hard work. And once you get fed up living a certain way and looking at your daughter going, I don't want her to live this way or even grow up this way, I'm going to change that. And, and then you can do it. And this is the greatest country in the world. You can do anything here if you set your mind to it. I tell my kids that all the time. You're the one that determines how much money you make, not somebody else. And add value, you can make more money. And now your daughter's going to come up to you after she hears this and go, I want $2 for them sticks. I'm not going to pick <laughs> up them sticks for a dollar. <laughs> well, then, then, I, then I've got to teach her how to negotiate better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm going to buy cheap labor when I got it. <laughs> As I tell my kids, well, then you need to pitch in on the electric bill, the mortgage bill, the water bill. It's like... I'm subsidizing this more than you think I am. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to see where this goes and uh, just see people get involved 
helped and changed their life. That, that That is something that Jerry and I are very passionate about, people just living their best life out there doing what they do, and you're sharing that knowledge with them. So I would highly recommend anybody go to the uh, Winning to Wealth podcast, subscribe, listen to it, rate and review, because as a podcaster, we love that. That means everything to us. We don't make a whole bunch of money doing this. We don't make any money doing this most of the time. So rate ratings and reviews are our cash. We would love to have that from you. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys again for allowing me to come on, for sharing your platform with me. I've had a lot of fun talking to you guys. It's been great. Cool. Same here. Now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 238. There you'll find a link to Michael's website, winningtowealth.com, as well as some past episodes where we shared stories and information about how you can find financial freedom in your family. Now, we really want you to live that debt-free lifestyle and win to wealth. That's why we had Michael come on and share his story. Now, the best way you can pay us back is to really pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. Maybe check out some of our additional uh, episodes that we've talked about, uh, faith or family or future possibility or your own fitness. Share those with the people you know or share those episodes on your social media. Now, we're glad you joined us this week and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.